Ever since the 1960s, there has existed an alternative to radio's mainstream approach of expression, known as freeform, a microcosm of the establishment presented in a macrocosm of information and entertainment in a certain unique timelessness. That ethos continues to the present day. You are listening to the longest-running adult alternative music program on the internet. I'm Dan Herman. This is Radio Crystal Blue. Driving a cardboard automobile without a license at the turn of the century, my father ran into my mother on a fun ride at Coney Island, having spotted each other eating in a French boarding house nearby, and having decided right there and then that she was for him entirely. He followed her into the playland of that evening, where the headlong meeting of their ephemeral flesh on wheels hurtled them forever together. And I now in the back seat of their eternity, reaching out to embrace them. Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high in the summer sky. Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high, gently pass on by. Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high, am I going to die? Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high, take me on your flight. Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high, bird of prey, bird of prey, in the summer skies, flying high. Bird of prey, bird of prey, flying high, flying high, bird of prey. Take me on your flight. 
majestic, superior Catholic hand. You are people who I do not understand. So to you, I shall put an end. Late autumn afternoon, the birds are whistle singing zeet fur in the dry tinder twig trees. They fleet, and in the general traffic, spring rush on Atlantic Avenue and the double go ahead diesel BOT. BOT and the LIRR yards, they wait between calls as if, in the activity of their own afternoon, they had intervals too. Time too, and Orders from the Parcheesi chessboard to air conditioner machines of the glum window worlds make their little flurry wait wake. Leaves falling, not even with you, could hear the tick of their little fall on the concrete ground beneath which Indians lie ancestral bone by skull in Tomahawk, New York. The fish tail back ends of some new car parked beyond the eternity porch. Like the one in San Jose where I was so high at grade dawn, I heard between the vibrating yells of Neil's baby the great rush of wave sounds, wave on wave, shuddering and vibrating, like one vast electro or bioelectric or cosmic gravity, stray ill zoom, scared me. It made me hear the moment moth sound of time. 
good or bad old time I'm in and I'll write for. So now to Indians in the Railroad Earth. Late afternoon, autumn in Long Island. The leaf slants down in the wind and hits the ground and bounces and goes chuck. As dry as that. The others already fallen lie heaped in chlorophyll green grass between driveway concretes. The sky is a rose tint in its gray demeanor. The leaves rose brown yellow transparent and like drunken poets emptying uselessness in pages. Never did try it again on the car via standing on a journal box except one time on a splintery flat car and even then I was as helpless as a baby. One slack-bang pop, I'd have been as helpless as a bread bun rolling off to get run over and flattened in the middle and be toast by fall.
Charlie Parker looked like Buddha. Charlie Parker, who recently died laughing at a juggler on TV, after weeks of strain and sickness, was called the perfect musician. And his expression on his face was as calm, beautiful, and profound as the image of the Buddha represented in the East. The lidded eyes, the expression that says, all is well. This was what Charlie Parker said when he played, all is well. He had the feeling of early in the morning, like a hermit's joy, or like the perfect cry of some wild gang at a jam session, wail, wop. Charlie burst his lungs to reach the speed of what the speedsters wanted, and what they wanted was his eternal slowdown. A great musician and a great creator of forms that ultimately find expression in mores and what have you. Musically as important as Beethoven, yet not regarded as such at all, a genteel conductor of string orchestras in front of which he stood proud and calm, like a leader of music in the great historic world night, and wailed his little saxophone, the alto, with piercing clear lament, in perfect tune and shining harmony, toot, as listeners reacted without showing it, and began talking, and soon the whole joint is rocking and talking, and everybody talking, and Charlie Parker, whistling them on to the brink of eternity with his Irish St. Patrick patoodle stick. And like the holy miss, we blop and we plop in the waters of slaughter and white meat and die one after one in time. And how sweet a story it is when you hear Charlie Parker tell it, either on records or at sessions or at official bits and clubs, shots in the arm for the wallet, Gleefully, he whistled the perfect horn. Anyhow, it made no difference. Charlie Parker, forgive me. Forgive me for not answering your eyes. For not having made an indication of that which you can devise. Charlie Parker, pray for me. Pray for me and everybody. In the nirvanas of your brain where you hide indulgent and huge. No longer Charlie Parker, but the secret unsayable name that carries with it merit, not to be measured from here to up, down, east or west. Charlie Parker, lay the bane off me and everybody. Rainola's transition of summer to fall marked with a strange connection of timelines, the nexus of which can be encapsulated in perhaps a few songs, but ultimately extends so far outward it's um, hard to gauge where they really meet. Thoughts of uh, Bird Chai Parker and devotee Jack Kerouac. 
along with uh, all the music we heard here in the beginning on what I call Radio Crystal Blue. Jack, of course, one of my absolute uh, idols of this uh, lifetime. And, of course, that Jack was a writer and sometimes poet goes without saying, but he had recorded and released a trio of albums with which did really well, hiding his popularity even further. This uh, album, Poetry for the Beat Generation, was actually his debut and came about at likely the behest of Steve Allen after having performed with Jack at the Village Vanguard in 1957. And it was a decent turnout and performance. And Jack was quoted about the sessions for this album saying, quote, I came up to New York from Florida for the date, which was arranged by, by mail, and went to the studio to meet Steve at 1 p.m. I was carrying a huge suitcase full of untied manuscripts of prose and poetry. He started to play the piano, making a sign to the engineer. They turned on the tape. I started to read. We finished the session in an hour. Well, that was Jack for you. You know, no filter, no, uh, nothing to get in this way. Just, just went for it, as he usually would do. Charlie Parker, one of the fruits of those labors. And we hear Bird on an album that he had wanted to make for some time. Recording in uh, 1949, Charlie Parker with strings. And uh, every year I drop into some sort of jazz, some sort of references to fall and autumnal stuff and having spun. I really wanted to spin Autumn Leaves, but Autumn in New York actually is uh, what uh, Bert had uh, recorded and for this album. So, this uh, album, part of a series of sessions, November 30th of 1949, and there were more sessions in 1950, pretty much all standards, later released on disc on Verve Records in uh, the 90s with uh, some more music for me. Carnegie Hall concert of the same period, 1950s, and more from a different different uh, studio session. The personnel, well, sure. Of course, uh, Charlie with uh, alto sax, Al Persino, Chris Griffin, and Bernie Priven with the trumpets, Will Bradley and Bill Harris on trombones, Murray Williams and Tools Mondello with the alto saxophones, Hannah Ross on tenor sax, Stan Webb on the baritone sax, Artie Drellinger on the woodwinds, Sam Kaplan, possibly uh, Sylvan and Shulman and Jack Zade on violins, Furley Mills on harp, Lou Stein on the piano, Bob Haggart on the double bass, Don Lamond on drums, everybody conducted by Joe Lippmann, and some other parts that uh, are not uh, accounted for. The reading I gave you beforehand came from Jack Kerouac's book of sketches 
poetry and prose from the years 1952 to 1957. He had kept sketches, little prose. He had kept a little uh, wire-bound uh, notebook in his uh, shirt pocket for a long time. And he even had a title and uh, subtitle here that's also part of the book. It says, Book of Sketches, Jack Kerouac, proving that sketches ain't verse, but only what is. <laughs> and it's a interesting note here, too, that he also made the note not necessarily chronological. So, yeah. Wonderful collection of stuff. Some haiku, some prose, poetry, and other stuff. And time again, I've come back to uh, some favorites from this, which inspired the three Kerouac sketches uh, video I did of the collection of still uh, photos and audio recording by yours truly on location in New York, talking about places that he had referenced in a few different poems or sketches. Part of the transition, too, involves music of the Jimi Hendrix experience, Third Stone from the Sun, from the fantastic debut album, Are You Experienced? That uh, whole album is a whole trip. No, the, my, the album I personally like most is uh, Axis Bold as Love, but uh, this... Uh, this one, though, is something that certainly identifies with the whole jazz uh, kind of a thing. With their own thorough musical identity, as uh, Jimmy adds a little blues guitar improv part with uh, Mitch and Noel switching to a more standard rock rhythm backing before going back to the original uh, guitar melody. Then there's a whole vibrato warm swoop, and it sets the stage for the... Uh, improv and a real freak out kind of a deal it's a real show showpiece for um the kind of creativity that one can have in the studio especially with that magnificent electric guitar and uh also the uh sense of industrial not just the genre but also the uh, sounds in the background like the sirens uh engines and i've always thought of the um the very last sound in that song. It sounds like the um, a, a subway train that's leaving a station and the echoes into the tunnel. And I've always liked that sound. It just, I don't know, it's comforting to me. The uh, song, of course, is just outstanding all by itself, but it is for me, the actual passage from uh, Summer to Fall, especially with his uh, reference, and you'll never hear surf music again. Talking about his friend Dick Dale, who uh, apparently had uh, been deep into a uh, illness and, uh, or actually some kind of disease where I think uh, Dick had. Uh, possibly would perish from uh, an accent to uh, his leg, which he almost lost, and um, 
health uh, suffered. And uh, Chris, we know Dick had passed away a couple years ago now with, um, with all he was going through. So we heard Dick Neal surfing drums. Another fantastic tune from the uh, debut album of his called Surfer's Choice. Bit meditative as well, which doesn't end on the guitar, just ends with those uh, iconic drums right there from uh, Dick's band, the Deltones. Imagine going back in time and wanting to see some uh, live gigs, and you'd want to see the greats in their prime, like the Beatles and the Stones and Hendrix and Dick Dale. Oh, goodness. I must have been to witness an explosion of, uh, of speakers and monitors and things. We heard from the Yardbirds, What Do You Want? Another fantastic album, Roger the Engineer. And recognize the uh, the percussion elements there, very similar to surfing drums. This album, originally released in the UK as a self-titled Yardbirds album, known here in America, Germany, France, and Italy as Over, Under, Sideways, Down, taking the name of one of the other singles from this album, recorded in 1966 with the uh, mighty Jeff Beck on all the tracks on uh, that one and it's all all original material for one. Can have a few songs of the Stones and uh, it's not lost on me recognizing the uh, death of uh, Charlie Watts since the uh, most recent uh, RCB program was published and uh, had a lot to reflect on with this history and I chose a few songs that um, I felt best represented his particular place within the band hearing his um, his influence not only being steady but also the jazz elements and some of maybe his most notable work where you really hear the drummer and his um, his impact on the band and of course being very steady in the background is uh, part of the job, really. But Charlie wasn't necessarily flashy. I mean, he was truly a jazz drummer in a uh, rock and roll band. But I like this tune, Respectable, from the album Some Girls, where they definitely experimented with uh, different uh, styles and admittedly were influenced by the uh, the surgeons of uh, punk and um, a cool song that uh, about a woman riding in a high society and Mick's attempt to remind her where she came from and uh, Mick had said at the time of its release quote Respectable really started off as a song in my head about how respectable we as a band were supposed to have become. We are so respectable. As I went along with the singing, I just made things up and fit things in. Now we're respected in society. I really meant the band. My wife's a very honest person, and the songs 
not about her. It's very rock and roll. It's not like Bob Dylan's Sarah. Respectable is very lighthearted when you hear it. That's why I don't like divorce, divorcing the lyrics from the music, because when you actually hear it sung, it's not what it is, it's the way we do it. Originally meant to be a slower song, but uh, Keith had uh, seen advantages of speeding up the tempo and crafting uh, what the uh, output uh, became. Certainly uh, punk with the uh, influence of uh, old-time rock and roll. And uh, Mick and Keith had uh, argued somewhat over the uh, song's tempo, but such as it is, that's what you hear. And it's uh, a standout for me, and certainly on Some Girls. Good album from the uh, year 1977. Waiting on a Friend, off of uh, Tattoo You, which was the second single from that album. And there's also a cool video of that, which was shot in 1981, which was uh, very popular as uh, MTV uh, started off in, uh, 40 years ago. And matching the lyrics, you see Mick waiting for Keith inside an apartment building, which happens to be on St. Mark's Place in um, Manhattan, there in the uh, East Village. Notable for having also appeared on the cover of uh, Physical Graffiti, the album from Led Zeppelin, 1975. Then they uh, enter the uh, St. Mark's Bar and Grill. The other band members already drinking. Ron Wood appears in the video. And, uh, and they are seen performing at the very end. And I, yeah, Charlie is tucked back there somewhere, and I'm sure that's how he wanted it. <laughs> and, uh, let's see, that was off of Tattoo You. And it's included on a few other compilation albums, uh, since that time. Bill Wyman, uh, bassist at the time of the, the uh, recording was, uh, part of that, and, uh, Let's see. Sonny Rollins on the tenor sax as well on that. Again, with some of the uh, songs from the Stones history that had more of a pure jazz uh, element along with the uh, standard slow rock that uh, the Stones were known for in that uh, time period. Street Fighter Man from the uh, Stripped album. That goes back to 1995, which came after the Voodoo Lounge Tour. Handful of live tracks and studio ones. That live one was taken from their show at the Paradiso in Amsterdam, dated May 26th of 95. Another example of Charlie's uh, influence, lasting influence in... Uh, the Stones. Read a ton of things about Charlie uh, in prep of, for this uh, program that I call Radio Crystal Blue. He had a number of side projects over the years. Decidedly, it's over jazz. He even had one called the ABC and D of Boogie Woogie. The quartet he formed with uh, lifelong pal Dave Green, Axel Zwingenberger, and Ben Waters. Dedicated to reviving the lost art of its uh, namesake style. 
Charlie was once quoted saying, Boogie Woogie was a very popular form of music from the late 30s to the mid 40s, and there were numerous hit records made. Tommy Dorsey made one, and Benny Goodman did a great one called Ro uh, Roland, a style of piano playing. Pretty much died out now, but during the swing era, it was a great style for playing for certain songs. Also, uh, Ian Stewart, with whom Charlie played in the short-lived 80s side project Rocket 88, was also a boogie-woogie piano player. And, of course, he was in the Stones when uh, Charlie joined them. Played with the Stones all the way through his life, and uh, Charlie favored uh, a lot of it. Not him playing it, but for the, uh, the sound. Charlie's quote is this. It's like this. Heath copied Chuck Berry. I copied Fred Below. And Stu would be Johnny Johnson. When we would do things like Live With Me or Rip This Joint, that's Stu playing. And he's playing whatever he's playing, which is probably a cross between Lyle Hampton and Boogie Woogie. But Lyle Hampton played Boogie Woogie, so... <laughs> Something else also. And Charlie was interviewed for uh, Drum Magazine years ago. He said, quote, I use a 57 round badge natural maple wood gretch with the stones. And with this and most of my jazz things, I use a 1960 round badge. Black, small kit, the Tony Williams, I call it. It's the one Tony used. It was like this signature drum kit when he was with Miles. And that's why I play it. Because of him, really. And in Europe, when I play it, I use a 1940 Radio King set with a big 24-inch bass drum and huge toms. That's because Axel's brother is a drummer, and I borrow his drum kit. I have one too, actually, but I usually use his in Europe. And when I play in clubs in England, and when I'm in New York, I probably use a brown badge Gretsch from the 60s. I have the same hi-hat and ride cymbal with both, and I have a special cymbal, a Zildjian Swish Knocker by Mill Lewis, and a thin crash that Zildjian gave me. My ride is an 18-inch U-fit flat ride, and I've never found one as good as it. Quoted further, talking about tuning out the white noise of sorts, he says, quote, I don't feel overexposed at all. I never think about it, to be honest. It'd drive you mad if you did, or you'd be frightened to go out of the front door. Half the time people talk about things, I do in my playing, I'm not aware I do it or am it or whatever they talk about. Then I have to look at it. But I'm not actually aware of it, and certainly doesn't take up much of my life. I'm very fortunate. Many people are very nice to me, so it's not really a problem. I've done concerts with Jim Keltner standing behind me, and in the audience is Roy Haynes and Earl Palmer. Yes, you're going to be thinking, my God, what do I do next? But they're not like that, and they don't do that to you. So you just hope that they enjoy it. You can't stop the show and say, I can't play tonight. I've got Jim Keltner, Roy Haynes, and Earl Palmer looking at me. You have to carry on, and you hope that the show's good, and they enjoy it. You have to do the show that's in front of you. When you're starting out, or you just want to play, and I still love that, playing and being up there, I wouldn't do it otherwise. And the problems don't change, you know. They're still the same. You still have to do an hour and a half, or whatever you do. And if the sounds are good, and you're comfortable where you are, then it's easy. And if you can't hear, and it's horrible sounds, then it's hard work. And you can't wait for the end of the show. Charlie Watts had uh, passed away at the age of... Uh, goodness, he was like in his 80s, I believe. 
So I gave you a few of some of the best examples of his work. At least the ones that called me. I remember buying that stripped album at the time it came out, and I was excited about that. Bring a different take on the uh, stuff they recorded over the years. I think the Spider and the Fly is on there, which actually is. Um, I don't even know if the trolley is even on that one. I think it's just a uh, just a couple of guitars and uh, mixing and great album. Talk Engine, dirty and familiar from their self-titled album. This uh, one-off they did, project led by the late great Jackie Sheeler. Jacks had such influence regarding the poetry scene at large in New York. She was a daughter of a police officer and also a civil servant of mixed heritage, racial heritage. Her birthday happened to be September 11th. Going back to an old post on an old website where she had produced a sort of a diary of thoughts and experiences. This is dated August 25th, 2010. She talks about September 11th, 2002. She says the following. On 9-11-02, a long day of candles, weeping, and speeches. My friend Karen gave me a birthday gift that will last for the rest of my life. We were having a quiet dinner in a quiet place, as we usually did on my birthday. We spent hers at the Bowery Ballroom, celebrating with Patty Smith, whose birthday Karen shares. After the waiter brought out our check, Karen said, Thank you for giving me something to celebrate today. When I was quite young, my birthday always fell during the first week and sometimes the first day of school. My birthday gifts were, you guessed it, school clothes. School clothes! Be still my beating heart. In 1968, though, my date became special when 911 became the official emergency number nationwide. Public service TV commercials, radio spots, and print ads abounded. I was surrounded by numbers and finally had a candle to hold to my brother who was born on 7-11. His date will keep you lucky. Mine will keep you safe. 9-11 birthday, and so it remained for 30-some years. I was at the old hot jobs office on West 31st Street on 9-11-01, when one of the consultants called in to say that a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. Rolling my eyes, I thought it was just another creative way of saying that, once again, he couldn't get himself out of the house on time. Yeah, right, I called over to Rob, who had taken the call. Just ask him when he thinks he'll make it in today. And continue doing whatever it was I was doing. I admit to a smidgen of crankiness. I'd rather not work on my birthday, but take off on a Tuesday? <laughs> Vacation days were scarce enough, and it wasn't like I had big plans. Two minutes later, Rob called me over to his workstation, where the CNN photo showed a stories high, smoking black hole near the top of one of the towers. This was no Piper Cub against the Empire State Building. I said it out loud. That was no accident. And in that moment, my birthday was transformed from the numbers of protection into the number of grief. Even now, nearly a decade later, people offer sympathy when they discover I was born 9-11. They tell me of other people they know born that date and how they cope with it. 
where nine eleven babies discover one another. One of sad, wry eyebrows swapping passes between us. Karen's simple, loving statement deflects all that. Thank you for giving me something to celebrate today. But even so, I've been inclined to keep the day quiet. No big mentions or parties, no pity fandengi, as my grandmother used to call it. Until now, 9-11 falls on Saturday this year, and I jumped on an unexpected opportunity to create a show with some of my favorite word rockers. Not everybody gets it. My old friend already declined my invitation, saying, I don't celebrate that day. He missed the whole point. It's not that day being celebrated. It's a birthday, just like any other birthday, despite not because. So I'm officially giving you something to celebrate on 9-11 this year, if you're in Nick City and up for it. Then she goes on mentioning uh, this uh, gig, I guess, with the band that would become Talk Engine, was a gig playing that very evening. I had booked uh, Talk Engine myself, uh, I think it was a CD release show, if not one of the forthcoming shows after that. Uh, I want to say it was Rebel NYC, somewhere in the, uh, I guess, Soho or somewhere in the village, I forget, somewhere in lower Manhattan. Didn't go to the gig, but um, I was told it was very well received. Jackie and I had uh, taken a few concerts together quite a soul just a fiery soul and words just flowed from her just normal every day and um, real inspired and very special talent for years she hosted the um, it was called the pony i think later became the uh, pink pony um poetry reading series i want to say it was the cornelia street cafe there in the very edge of the west village to this day i still mourn the loss of jackie Schiller. thinking of this uh awesome band and this um notable approach to uh poetry and rock for that matter Fatboy Slim Sunset Bird of Prey a notable album called Halfway Between the Glutter and the Stars the uh, song of course sampling what we hear in the beginning Bird of Prey from The Doors and American Prayer a collection of uh poetry that uh, Jim Morrison had originally recorded in 1969-1970 with other pieces of music and spoken word recorded by the Doors and Morrison using a neat audio collage and somewhere 1971 uh, Jim had died and this collection wasn't released until 1979. Doors themselves had recorded two additional albums as a trio but broke up uh, two years later. And that Bird of Prey sample is uh, notable there with uh, 
Norman Cook, Fatboy Slim, taking it, running with it. And if you think that's uh, impactful enough, wait till you see the video if you haven't seen it already. The video was set in 1964. The American Air Force pilot flying a British-made uh, hunter fighter plane named the uh, Bird of Prey opening with the iconic Daisy television commercial which was used as a one-off campaign commercial for President Johnson during that year showing the pilot sitting in a room watching this commercial and I'll let you watch the video to get the entire uh, <laughs> brunt of the uh, message harrowing kind of a video great stuff the poem I read in the beginning came from Lawrence Ferlinghetti I had met him exactly once it was a book signing around the occasion of I believe his uh, 90th birthday if I have that right and uh, two spots behind me was uh, a collaborator of his named uh, David Amram, who is uh, still around. Lawrence Ferlinghetti from Yonkers, New York, who had um, spent his early childhood in France and later studied there and here in the States and became the author of more than 30 books of poetry, including A Coney Island of the Mind from 1958. And what I read to you was from a collection released in 1997 titled A Far Rockaway of the Heart. He's best known for helping with Peter Martin to open the City Lights bookstore in San Francisco, helping to support their magazine, also called City Lights. Two years later, they launched City Lights Publishers, which helped start the careers of many alternative local and international poets and he would publish Allen Ginsberg's landmark book, Howl, and other poems. And Jack Kerouac followed, as well as uh, Gary Snyder, and many others of the um, this expression that will be called beat. Though I know that uh, Jack himself and even uh, Lawrence never considered themselves... Uh, Beat poets. Jack had the idea for a beat as in the beat down, as it were, downtrodden. Also named for the Beatitudes in the Bible, and there were other references too, but uh, those are the foremost examples. He was named the first poet laureate of San Francisco, and the city renamed a street in his honor. And I thought to start off with him as uh, he had uh, passed away this year on uh, February 22nd in his beloved San Francisco. As I say, a strange combination of feelings and expressions, and I can't quite place the nexus, but at least we run through those patterns and pathways. The deaths of a jazz drummer, beat poet, reminiscing on great jazz music, some uh, iconic 
rock and surf music of the 60s in there too. And don't forget the Yardbirds were named for Charlie Parker too. All amidst this transition from summer to fall. And that's where we uh, take off the runway for this edition of Radio Crystal Blue here at the uh, beginning, I should say the end of August. Though this show is set to be published the very beginning of September here in the year 2021. I'm Dan Herman. Lots to come, lots of music from many indie and emerging artists busy touring. Pandemic, uh, be darned. <laughs> and others who are active on the web promoting their news and whatever else they have going on. I'll break it down to you and I'll also give you music from two CD focus segments as I've done with the last two shows until we've gone through the uh, first one of uh, all the songs on these two compilation albums. As you know, I will feature compilation and concept albums in full, track for track, over a series of shows. And we've got more from David Oskinen's In the Pocket, Essential Songs of Philadelphia, and also Mas Alto from the folks at Magrito, and some more music from the emerging artists of East Los Angeles and the greater LA area. Every show is available to download, to stream, and to share in complete and uh, fullness uh, of expression. The shows are linked on the page you land on at radiocrystalblue.net. The homepage has more details on how and where to listen, including a list of all the available podcast platforms, including the big ones like Spotify, Amazon, and Anchor and such. I have a link for the uh, newsletter which you can sign up for. I don't have a static form just yet, but there is a link to sign up, and that's uh, open. I'm doing a newsletter every 15 days, and for everybody else, there will be a an update in video form following the publishing of this program, as well as Radio Crystal Blue Novus Ordo, which is something of an incubator program as I uh, give you music strictly from brand new and upcoming releases. Both shows are available in the RSS feed whenever they're updated and uh, that's often every 10 to 11 days these days. So we'll have more shows coming 3 in September, October, November, and then one big one in December to see the year out. Email is dan at radiocrystalblue.net. Twitter is Radio CBLUE. Facebook, there's my page and also the uh, fan page as well. I haven't explored too much of Discord in the last few weeks, but it is out there and I link to it. So I want that to be a place to build community and talk about the shows and talk about the content and also some of the uh, projects that I have in mind that I actually mentioned in the most recent newsletter. And um, I kind of want to share one of them 
The other one I kind of want to keep uh, to myself, except for those who know about it already. It's something I want to put together, whether I can do it legally or not, I don't know. But it's something I want to do uh, that would be uh, kind of fun. And there's something along the lines of that that would be interesting to do. Which, I'll just say, for the sake of brevity, has to do with the sense of spirituality in rock and roll. It won't be that so much, but there's something that I would like to explore maybe as something of a list to build, or maybe even its own show. I don't know yet, but I did hint about it as a possible project in the future, and um, I'm open to uh, ideas on those. Again, you can reach me at uh, the website if you want to talk about that, or maybe even help uh, build something like that. Why that subject? I. I don't know. It just sort of appealed to me because I, I can get a sense of what music does harkens to the sense of uh, spirituality as uh, much as something uh, secular. It doesn't even have to be spiritual in nature, but um, I'll say this much. There was a concept I uh, had latched upon that... Um, that I found interesting, and I figured, well, one way to do it would be sort of like take the degrees of separation from a certain song or a certain artist and maybe loosely branch off from there. I don't know. I just sort of like this sort of project. It's like with Ancestry. When you piece together a, a tree and you find who's connected to who and how and what, it's an ever-evolving bunch of hints and ideas, feelings sometimes, and I want to uh, do that for my musical interests and also my curiosity as to how music uh, translates. Just something I want to put out there for the time being. I also have the um, big timeline uh, project that's uh, ongoing. And every year I want to add to the timeline pages, which are a, uh, kind of like a living museum with words, uh, some links to music, uh, both audio and video of artists who were aired on this program, going back to the year 2000 all the way to the year 2012 right now. And at some point I want to get started on the year 2013 focusing on notable artists who debuted and made their name on this program at the time. And something I think that would be um, nice to have as a, again, a kind of a museum piece, an archive, whatever you might want to call it. And I'd like that to uh, be made manifest uh, soon as well. So I will uh, contact artists about that at some point shortly, once I have a little more time. Uh, one thing occupying my time besides this, besides uh, my uh, day gig, is the very real fact that I am planning to move and do so within the next uh, several months. Probably by December or January. reason I'm doing so is that uh, I'm just changing the foot here at the uh, home base here in Killeen 
in Texas. Uh, I'm with uh, family currently. Well, this is only a rather temporary situation. And I'll leave the um, particulars out of it. But my plan is to leave Texas and to head back to Philadelphia. Or at least the, if not the uh, city itself, definitely the uh, suburban area of sorts. Though I, I haven't really ruled out um, central or even southern New Jersey as a possibility as well, because I did live in central Jersey for a number of years. I wouldn't mind getting back there. I think it really depends on affordability. It depends on my um, my job and where their uh, store locations are. Good commute, good uh, lifestyle, source of entertainment and such. And relative amount of crime. It's always an importance there too. And a few other things. And affordability of rent too is uh, paramount. I'm already doing some research on the area and I'm going to do more hardcore research in October. And I'll let you know how things uh, progress as we get toward the uh, end of the year. And yeah, it's going to be hard to do. I know from uh, a far distance, not having the time or expense to uh, travel back and forth from uh, one part of the country to another to uh, look at um, apartments. Going back to that apartment life again. So whatever I land on, it's got to be the absolute right circumstance, right place, everything. So I reach out to the uh, my friends and all of you listening there in the city of brotherly love and the surrounding area. If you uh, know of ideas uh, for places that are opening or uh, will be opening here in the fall, let me know again. Email is the most direct way, and of course, you know where to find me on uh, social media. Okay, enough about me. Let's uh, see about some of this uh, music I have here at the beginning as we get into um, into stuff here for uh, August. I want to start with a um, songwriter who herself had forsaken Texas for... Um, New England and she is a star on the meteoric rise with um, some good uh, building here in fact with some shows in October with Tom Rush and Leo Kaka on the bill for a few of them in October across um, Massachusetts and also uh, let's see Plymouth is in Mass also. Yes, of course it is. I should know my history. <laughs> Give you something from her album, Sunshine is Free. This is called A Little Bit of Truth. It's from Monica Rizzio. It's time to go a little deeper. Time to hear myself think. Little midnight driving's exactly what I need Goodbye big city, goodbye street lights 
By the way, don't miss me Only trying to live my life I'm tired of being tired Get me the hell out of the state of mind I've been driving miles and miles of highway Seeing the world from my broken point of view Left no choice but to go my own way Out here looking for a little bit of At a little diner Stop for a little bite Put a quarter in the jukebox I could use some Patsy Klein Ain't worried about the money Who's worried about the news Don't know what lies ahead My past push me through I'm tired of being tired Get me the hell out of the state of mind I've been driving miles and miles of highway Seeing the world from my broken point of view Left no choice but to go my own way Out here looking for a little bit of truth Dusty motel rooms Every day is somewhere new Cause I've been driving miles and miles of highway Seeing the world from my broken point of view Left with no choice but to go my own way Out here looking for a little bit Truth. Are you looking for a little bit? It hurts me too 
save a place for me I don't know from good advice or I just see you when I see
Days go by and you put the storms in your past In case you got a new boss, way it ain't gonna last I'll crack a smile every time I hear that name Smoking in a crowded room Still sings like my favorite tune I know she'll come around soon That little pillowcase
out the window Out in the street It burns like a banjo Camel. That song He Does Know the Track from this new album of his called Back Down Home. Tony Camel Music.com. That's T O N Y K A M E L Music. That same spelling on Twitter. September 11th, he's at the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe in Galveston. September 24th is the big ski release gig at McGonagall's Mucky Duck. One of my favorite venue names in Houston. Shane Martin. Anywhere is the uh, title track of his most recent release. Let's see. Who is on here? As I had my disc here at arm's length for a second. Here we go. Across the disc, the likes of Nick Buda and Wayne Killius on drums, Dave Francis on bass, John Willis on acoustic. John Conley on electric, Jonathan Brown on the uh, keyboard stuff, 
Perry Coleman on backing vocals. Shane Martin dot com Shane Martin band on Twitter. Let's see what he's got going on here. He's a stalwart of the upper Midwest. All these shows in his beloved Minnesota. Looks like he's got a uh, a gig at the uh, Minnesota State Fair on September the third. Is that the third? Just the third? No, September first through the third, with uh, separate uh, solo gigs there. Then September 9th, the Medina Entertainment Center, Medina, Minnesota. And September 10th, Songs of the South, a tribute to the band Alabama. That'll be at the Summerfield Amphitheater inside the Le Musique Room, St. Michael, Minnesota. We heard Jan Klos pour the champagne featuring Karen Zoid. It's off his album in tandem. Janklos.com, J-A-N-N-K-L-O-S-E, Janklos Band on Twitter. Now, of course, uh, connection with this program going back at least uh, 15 years now. Jan has his own podcast called Making Sound with Jan Klos, which is exploring the um, matter of uh, songwriting and vocals. And he has uh, notable guests this September, including Michael Severus, John Hall, and Lance Hoppen of the band Orleans. You'll remember I profiled John Hall on a recent RCB Nova Sordo program. Also, one of my favorite guys on Twitter, Eric Alper, Ligan Breda, Joel Cassell, Chuck Alcazian, and many more to be announced. It's available anywhere you find your favorite podcast, which I know includes this one as well. <laughs> you can see him next Sunday, September 26th at Osprey's Dominion Winery. That's in Southold, New York. November 26th, an all-star tribute to George Harrison, revisiting the concert for Bangladesh, featuring stories and special guests. It'll be at the Till Center for the Performing Arts in Brookville, New York. We hear Kevin Daniel once again. Horizons from his uh, most recent release, Been Here Before. He continues to do weekly live streams. Mondays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Instagram. Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Kevin Bitsy with his band, The Bottom Line. They're playing the Montreal Bar and Grill in Somerville, South Carolina. September 5th at Market on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. September 14th, he plays Rockwood Musical in uh, NYC, out there on Allen Street. September 27th, splitting bill with Afton Wolf at the Hightown Cafe, pardon me, High Tone Cafe in uh, Memphis. Continuing the tour with uh, Afton at the Blue Canoe in Tupelo, Mississippi. September 29th at Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta. September 30th at the Nick in Birmingham, Alabama. October 1st at 
Helen Mills in Jackson, Mississippi. October 2nd at 325th Street in Laurel, Mississippi. October 15th at the Whiskey Jar in Charlottesville, Virginia. October 24th, sharing billing with Stephen Babcock and Brad Goodall. Let's see, gigs somewhere in Mills River, North Carolina, and uh, other places uh, down the uh, pike. Keaton Kaufman, Hurricane, from his album Hard Times. KeatonKaufman.com, K-E-E-T-O-N-C-O-F-F-M-A-N.com, same spelling on Twitter. September 10th at Dan Electro's Guitar Bar at Abigail Taylor Music in Houston. September 18th at Sam's Burger Joint supporting Blue Water Highway in uh, San Antonio. September 25th at Poodle's Hilltop Roadhouse in Spicewood, Texas. November 5th at Dozy Doe Breakfast and Barbecue in the town of Spring elsewhere in Texas. And as for who was on this album, doesn't seem to indicate who is on here. It will be a uh, true solo album of his. Todd Snyder, Sail On, my friend, from the album First Agnostic Church of Hope and Wonder. Fantastic album this is, and uh, yeah, Todd has something to say about uh, this one. He says the following, in fact. A great friend of mine was battling alcohol, drugs, and depression. He called me before a show, angry at himself for being drunk because he hadn't drank in over a week and really wanted to stop. So I said to him, don't beat yourself up. Just get the show done, get home, and we will start over. I should have said cancel the show. Go home, start over. In this song, I say if you can't play that same old song again, don't. Robbie Crowell with the drums and the junk hat, as he says. Chad Blake with the shakers and bells. And Todd, of course, does everything else. ToddSnyder.net Gives you all the uh, particular details. And let's see. Todd Snyder on Twitter as well. Great album this one is. Todd is busy with... A bunch of shows, of course. Oh, and also there's... Um, a new live record coming out called Return of the Storyteller. It's being recorded in over 50 music venues that are reopening across the country with select songs released later in 2022. Quoted for the uh, website, he says, After coronavirus, I knew I wanted to release a live album of this tour and call it the comeback special. Being unable to tour for more than a year has given me the opportunity to work on new songs and covers and practice old material. I want the people to be part of my upcoming album and to release something special for those that missed live concerts as much as I have. End quote. Let's see what he's got up next here. A whole mess of shows. September 1st at the Ramcat in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. 
September 3rd at the Lincoln Theater in Raleigh. September 4th at the McLuhan Theater in Charlotte. September 5th at the Charleston Musical in Charleston, South Carolina. September 8th, the Harvester Performance Center in Rocky Mount, Virginia. September 9th, the Sellersville Theater, Sellersville, Pennsylvania. September 10th, Infinity Hall in Norfolk, Connecticut. September 11th, he plays Infinity Hall, Hartford, Connecticut. September 13th, the State Theater in Portland, Maine. September 15th, the Louis A. Swire Theater in the capital city of Albany, New York. September 16th, the Center for the Arts in Natick, Massachusetts. September 17th, the Fairfield Theater Company box office in Fairfield, Connecticut. September 18th, the Jefferson Theater in Charlottesville, Virginia. September 19th, Mountain Stage, Charleston, West Virginia. September 24th, the Ryman in Nashville. September 29th, the Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado. And in October, he's got shows in Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, California for a run of shows back before he uh, heads into the Rockies for more. Danielle Moralia, It Hurts Me Too, the old blue standard from her album Bright Shining Stars. DanielleM.com is D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-M. On Twitter at DMiralia. D-M-I-R-A-G-L-I-A. She's sharing billing along with Lisa Bastoni and Monica Rizzio. Coming up October 16th at Studio 84. Middleborough in Massachusetts. We indeed heard Monica as promised there with the tune Little Bit of Truth from her recent release Sunshine is Free. Great folks on this album. Joe Pisapia with guitars. Will Kimbrough doing likewise. Michael Wren on bass. Evan Hutchings on drums. Many folks contributing elsewhere. On this album. MonicaRizio.com is M-O-N-I-C-A-R-I-Z-Z-I-O.com. Same spelling on Twitter. Yeah, Tom Rush, Leo Kake uh, with her for a few shows. October 8th in uh, Northampton, Mass. On the 9th as well in uh, Beverly, Mass. October 10th in Plymouth. Then the uh, trio gig of uh, Italian female uh, indie artists. Studio 84, Middleborough, Mass. I'm Dan Herman. This is Radio Crystal Blue. End of August, toward the beginning of September 2021, as uh, this show gets published. It should be September 1st. And also in tandem publish a uh, update via video, which will go out to social media. And again, if you want to sign up to the newsletter, I'll give you some more details that the video does not cover. You can sign up through the homepage of RadioCrystalBlue.net. I don't have a way of getting a real fancy uh, form just yet. I, I did try and 
haven't yet succeeded in uh, getting the code to uh, of the form to show up just yet, so I'm kind of keeping it extremely simple. Right here, I've got music from David Oskin's In the Pocket project, exploring the music, the sounds of Philadelphia. And some years ago, I received the Sessions album, which was the first batch of songs from, I guess, when the Pocket, uh, In the Pocket started out in 2013. The album, I think, was released in 2014. And uh, over the years, some more was recorded and preserved documentary-style Song for Song by Steve Acido. And if you go to the website songsinthepocket.org, you can uh, play along and you can actually check out the stories in the studio as to how the songs came about and also the uh, rationale for why David had uh, chosen the particular songs that made uh, both compilations. While I have the chance, I want to mention that the big CD release event for this new album, The Philly Special, comes up September 25th at the Ardmore Music Hall in beautiful downtown Ardmore, there on the main line in Pennsylvania. Ardmore would have been a kind of nice place to live, I'll say that, but uh, a little on the pricey side as I've examined. Anywho, I've got... Three more from this album. I'm going to give it to you right now. I'll tell you about first of the three here specifically, which is song number 17 in the canon. And as David says, it revisits a great time in Philly music. Robert Hazard's Escalator of Life. He says, one listen and you can pick the year in seconds. I've come to appreciate the gifted wordsmith and songwriter Robert Hazard. He knew how to pick a band, too. The heroes were amazing. Robert Hazard was best known for composing and recording the song Girls Want to Have Fun, which, of course, single opera turned into a huge hit. He composed this uh, song Escalator of Life and also Change Reaction, which performed with his band The Heroes, which was popular in the Philly club scene during the 1980s. He himself, the son of an opera singer, and grew up in Springfield Township in Delaware County, and was profiled in a Rolling Stone article by Kurt Loder. And in the piece, Kurt describes Robert's musical history as a musician who started out as a Dillonera folky and then spent eight years singing country and western. In the piece, Robert says, I just love country music, which of course explains nothing, least of all the two years he has subsequently spent with a reggae band, or his current electropop approach, which shows little to any of the above. Robert, before his uh, passing years later, did record a series of country albums in the 2000s. So, let's hear how this... Uh, Sounds from David and Company, Escalator of Life. From David Oskin's In the Pocket, the fully special album. Sounds like this.
Hey, can you see Earworm? What a great, fun, catchy tune. Punk Rock Girl from the Dead Milkman goes back to 1988. And I bought the hype on the Dead Milkman, I guess, after they had um, released that album that uh, song appeared on. I didn't buy that album, uh, Bills Above, but two albums later, Soul Rotation, I actually had that album, and they had songs like wonderfully colored plastic war toys and shaft in greenland complete with the uptown horns which um i guess was just so smart algae it was like the music kind of delivers you know but punk rock girl just nothing touches that it's such a catchy tune and in fact for me it also kind of recalls the king of the hill theme you know that yeah and it's like it's synonymous with <laughs> with good memories and a good up-tempo uh, music punk rock girl is um great tune which is uh, song number 12 from the in the pocket series and uh the band itself had uh, been around since 1983 with great band names too like Rodney Anonymous, Joe Jack Talcum, Dave Blood, and Dean Clean. <laughs> they had songs like um, 
Bitch and Camaro and uh, others that were notable with uh, getting a lot of attention in uh, college radio and uh, the uh, underground and indie scene in Philly with uh, thick Philly accents in tow. They broke up in 1995. They'd reunite in 2008. In fact, their most recent album is about 10 years ago called The King in Yellow. They remain, in, uh, they remain active thereafter, touring sporadically and releasing some further records. Richard Bush of the A's with uh, lead vocals uh, this time. Tommy Conwell of the Young Rumblers on guitar. Pete Donnelly, whose credits include The Figs, NRBQ, and Shelby Lynn on bass. William Whitman, who's worked with Cindy Lauper, is on guitar. And special guests, Dave's cohorts in the Hooters, Eric Bazillion on the Hurdy Gurdy, <laughs> and Rob Hyman on the Melodica. And if you don't know what a Hurdy Gurdy is, watch the video. You'll get a little clip of it. I think it shows up in the, uh, I think the uh, solo there in the middle. Just amazing. What else do we hear in there? Shelter Me. The uh, Cinderella cover with Jody Tullio as the uh, lead vocalist. Now, you may have heard of Cinderella in recent news uh, for, um, unfortunately, uh, uh, sad news at that as two members of the band had uh, passed away um, separately, but on the very same day, and I think this was just about a month ago. Cinderella were an American hard rock band. Among the last of the so-called hair bands that came out of the mid-80s, and they had a series of uh, platinum studio albums and hit singles which got the requisite uh, MTV rotation and popularity. They initially had a heavy metal and glam metal sound before shifting into a more blues rock-based sound during the early to mid-90s. They had songs like Nobody's Fool, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, The Last Mile, Coming Home, and uh, this tune, which we heard uh, David and the Boys uh, cover called Shelter Me. And for this version, Joey DiTullio of JDT with lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Couple Joan from the Led Zeppelin cover band Get the Lead Out. Paul Hammond on lead guitar and dobro. And Andrew Lipke on keys. I've met Andrew a few times. Buddy Cash on bass. Jay Davidson, whose credits include Steve Winwood and the Funk Brothers on sax. And Jeannie and Carol Brooks with backing vocals. David says about this, quote, I've always been a huge Cinderella fan. They are the greatest hard rock band to come out of the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. And there's a reason that Shelter Me appeals to a mass audience. It has it all. Great rock and roll. I told you about Escalator of Life. Kick off this uh, troika of tunes. Richard Bush on lead vocals on this one. John Forensic. Those credits include Todd Rundgren on the keys, 
John Lilly of the Hooters on guitar, Fran Smith Jr. also of the Hooters on bass, and Michael Pila of Robert Hazard's old band, The Heroes, helps out on guitar. Naturally, David on the drums. Website for this project is songsinthepocket.org. Also find them on Twitter at uh, hmm, Song in the Pocket, actually, is how it's spelled. We've got two more from this album I will give you, plus an extra special choice from the first album, the Sessions album, on the uh, next podcast episode to round out the first airing of this album. That'll come up on the uh, next show, which should be published around uh, September 10th, I, I want to say. 